One of the lies that the enemy likes to speak to us while we are trying to conceive is the lie that God is withholding good from you. Because you are not conceiving, God is withholding good things, and therefore, the questions of his goodness, the questions of his fairness, or even jealousy over what he's doing in somebody else's life can really pop up frequently in our hearts and start to create unhealthy soil in our heart. So today I want to talk about that. What does scripture say about God withholding things? Where does that come from? And how do we fight that? I will share uh, tips from God's word that help us overcome that feeling and that thought where the enemy is trying to steal ground in our heart to make us believe that God is someone he's not. And so let's fight this battle. Let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk to you about natural deodorants. In episode nine of the podcast, I had a guest speaker. She's a naturopathic doctor, and she was sharing tips on increasing fertility. And one of those things was really cleaning up the toxins in our environment. And I was sharing with her that actually over the last few years, I've been on a journey of doing that myself in my own home. And one of those things was deodorant that I switched. Like I went from using just the over the counter, like basic target deodorant to switching up to a more natural deodorant. And so I came across this company called Wild. They are UK's number one natural deodorant company that focuses on performance, sustainability, and style. They are on a mission to clean up the bathroom and they want to free the bathroom from ugly single use plastic bottles and unnecessary chemicals, which is perfectly in alignment with the tips that Samantha was sharing on episode nine. And so anyway, I really do believe that a lot of us being able to conceive naturally, my husband and I, after literally zero positive pregnancies for six years, had to do with us switching and making these lifestyle changes. Now, I don't think it's everything. I do believe obviously in God's timing, but I think we, you know, as stewards of our bodies, it's important that when we're educated on how toxins and chemicals and all these things can make an impact on your body, specifically what we put on our body and in our body, that we have a responsibility as the stewards of these physical bodies to take care of that. So I really do believe in that. And I know I've had people message me like, what do you recommend? What do you suggest? And so wild would be a great deodorant to begin with and to start using. It is one that actually works. It's so cute when it comes in the package, like you can actually change out 
the different little flavors of like what you're rolling on you, which is amazing. So it's all customizable with the case and color and the scent combinations, which I love. And then it's also eco-friendly and all natural ingredients. So it's aluminum and paraben free, as well as vegan and cruelty free. No harsh chemicals, but it still is going to work. And that was one thing I was kind of worried about being an athlete. I'm like, okay, but I sweat and I smell. I'm not like one of those girls that like just slightly glistens and like, you know, cannot go without a shower or whatever. And so anyways, it's made all the difference for me and they sent me some of it to try and I have just been loving the switch of making that natural deodorant. So I highly recommend checking them out. You can actually get 20% off your first order when you use the code AWAITINGWELL and that will give you 20% off trying this. And I think it is worth the effort to actually try and switch up this part of your product if you have not done that yet or if you haven't found one that you like. Again, the code is waiting well, 20% off of your first order. And we're so thankful for companies like this that are just pioneering and helping us create changes to increase our fertility. Okay, so I have been doing a Bible study in James, and I've gotten this message before, but where do I get my Bible studies? I have been loving the Daily Grace Co. They often have sales on their devotionals, but I've been going through their James study and in James 1, 16 through 17, it says, do not be conceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow to change. And kicking off that part of like every good gift is from him. Before that, it says, do not be deceived. And so James is warning us here that we will be tempted at times to believe that there are good things being withheld from us. And the reason that he is warning us of this is because if you look back at where sin originates from, the temptation that Eve is tempted with is to believe that God is withholding and holding out on her. And this temptation is as old as the Garden of Eden. So we see this back in Genesis 3. The serpent is convincing Eve that God is holding out on her by not letting her eat of the tree. So she ends up making a decision based off of this basic lie that the snake is tempting her with. And she's convinced that, yes, like God is withholding from me and I want more. I want to know. I want to experience what he knows and you know, is convinced of this like alternate reality of what could be should she eat the fruit. And so she makes a decision that changes the whole world. <laughs> Sin comes into the world and she disobeys God and his one command. And so basically she is convinced the opposite of the truth, which the truth is that God is all that we need. And specifically now that Jesus has come and we're living after Christ, it's that Jesus is all that we need. And when we are navigating trying to conceive, the temptation is very much the same thing. We can have those little seeds and lies being planted in our thoughts that maybe God isn't so good. Maybe he is withholding something from me. Maybe there is better out there. Maybe being a mother is better than waiting on his timing. And so we can start to take action like Eve did and kind of try to control our our experience, our destiny, and navigate our conceiving journey to try to get to that end result that we desire, that we feel is 
the timing is now, right? And so we've convinced ourselves that we know better than God, or we've started to believe the lie that he is withholding. So we're going to do everything in our power to fight that because we don't like that. And we forget that if Jesus is all that we need, then we actually don't need a baby or to become a mom. And that's a hard sentence because I had a hard time accepting and saying that and claiming that. But it's true. If Jesus is all that we need, then our joy is not dependent on becoming a mom or having a baby or our circumstances, but on him. We can trust that where he has us and what he's given us is good for us and where he wants us. If Eve, if we look back at Genesis 3, imagine the different situation that would have happened if she had trusted that where God had her in the the garden with that rule was good for her and what he wanted for her, it would have been a different decision, right? And so we have to fight that battle on a consistent basis. Because I will say, like, even though I found freedom and peace and joy while I was waiting after a couple of years, the Lord really did such a work in my heart. And I felt so much freedom and relief from this desire and this like crushingness of my soul to become a mom, right? And people often ask, like, was it just this split second thing? And I I think it was just the culmination of work that God had been doing in my heart for years, right? And the reality is that it wasn't just, you know, he flipped a switch and all of a sudden I was at peace with his plan for my life and I, I never struggled again. It was more of like I learned what the battle was. I figured out where the battle was in the ground of my heart and in my thoughts. And I learned how to fight the battle so that it wasn't overcoming me, so that it wasn't Uh, stopping me from growing so that it wasn't preventing me from living even. And once I learned what the battle was, once I learned how to fight the battle, it was like everything started to change because that's the reality. It's a daily fight, whether you are navigating, trying to conceive or something else, right? Like for us, that's our battle right now. We're in the thick of waiting. But for somebody else, it could be waiting for their cancer diagnosis to go away. It could be financial issues. It could be marital issues. Like every one of us is not immune to believing the lie that God is withholding good from us or that he is good or that he is fair or loving because every single human is going to experience grief and suffering and heartache. And even when we're in the thick of our own battle, it's so easy to think someone else is not experiencing something themselves. But that's a lie too. That's a lie to isolate and to make us think that our our problem is unique and we're the only one with a problem. And therefore, we start changing our view of God because we're like, well, so-and-so doesn't seem to have any problems. So obviously, God is good for them. So he's not good for me, right? And it just kind of turns into all this whole nest where the enemy has just gotten a foothold. The reality is that this is a battle. It's a battlefield of our mind and our heart, and it's our responsibility to understand where the battle started back in Genesis 3, to heed James' advice here in 1, to not be deceived by these thoughts and these lies that are going to pop up from our feelings. One of the most powerful statements that I heard from a pastor in a sermon one time was that not everything you feel is rooted in truth. And that was so powerful because how often are we using our feelings 
as our roadmap. We're like, okay, if I feel this way, that's the truth. So I need to make decisions and live out of the consequences of those feelings. But that's not true. We will have feelings that are counterproductive to what the truth is. We will have feelings that will not line up with God's word. And it is our job to understand what this battle is on our trying to conceive journey. What are the lies that we're going to be facing? What are the lies that we're going to hear from the enemy? How are we going to overcome those on a daily basis? What are we doing in our daily habits to set ourselves up for success to win that battle when it comes to our front door? Because once God gave me that like almost like restoration and peace and freedom to continue living without waiting to become a mom, I really believe that the battle still happens. Like every single month, I still got my period. It wasn't like that never affected me again. It was still difficult because it was just a a constant reminder of what I did not have that I wanted. That want didn't change. I still wanted to be a mom. But what did change was understanding how to fight that battle. And that is what James is saying. We fight that battle by remembering the truth that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And we have to be intentional to fight that battle, to not be deceived by the enemy's lies or the lies of even people in our community or the lies of the world or even the lies that we tell ourselves because of how we feel in the moment. We have to learn how to guard our hearts and our minds as we navigate this journey. So let's talk a little bit about that. How do we change our feelings towards God from bitterness or anger or hurt or even jealousy of someone else that to joy, peace, patience, that where he has us and what he's given us is good? How do we do that? Because many of us, including myself, will look at not receiving a baby and be like, oh, that's not God's goodness, right? Like no matter how you spin it or slice it, struggling with infertility and struggling to conceive and not being able to have a baby is not good, right? When you want that. And so I think it's easy to go with the logic there, but we have to fight that battle. And so how do we change that? and really find peace with where he has us and what he's given us. I dive into this a bit more in my Finding Hope Through Infertility and Trying to Conceive Masterclass. I've actually linked it in the show notes. This is a one-hour Zoom masterclass that I did back in the fall, and the tools that I share in this is radically transformed how I fight this battle and basically is the layout of how I, from a strategic and tangible perspective, It's not just lying to myself like, no, Courtney, God is good, like hang in there. It's not that. It literally is tools that are like, here's what you can do, the action you can take to start fixing that feeling and that thought that's leading you down a path of poor health spiritually because you're starting to believe the lies, right? So I would definitely start there. But other than that, I think it's really coming back down to the basics of the truth. So if you're implementing those strategies in that class that I talk about, it's now taking every thought captive and making it obedient to these truths that I'm about to share. Number one, when God is withholding something good, he's giving you something better. That's a very difficult concept to accept 
Because for me, I felt like, but the good thing is for me to have a baby right now. The better thing, now looking back in retrospect, is having a baby back in the States. Because at the time when we were conceiving, we were traveling all over the world and having family around to support us in our journey of parenting. That is better. That is better than us doing it on our own. And God foreknew, foresaw, and protected us in that way. Number two, God wants to give us good things. Not only that, but he promises good things to us and assures us that they will come to pass. This is in Joshua 23, 14. And then in Psalm 84, 11, in fact, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. When we have that feeling of like, I think God's withholding from me, like, and it's creating this bitterness and this huge divide in your relationship with the Lord, because that was something I experienced. I had to go back to the truth. The truth says that he doesn't withhold good things from me. So when that lie pops up, it's my responsibility to recognize it as a lie and no longer allow it to live in my heart or in my mind. Number three would be reminding yourself of Hebrews 12.1. As we see in scripture, the unfair, the unfixable, and the unfinished often mark lives of God's chosen. Moses reluctantly accepted God's call. He worked faithfully for decades and then failed in a moment, and he never entered the promised land. Jeremiah was called by God to be a prophet, yet was persecuted for all of his days. An angel proclaimed to Mary that her son would sit on the throne of David, yet she watched him die on a cross. John the Baptist was a faithful prophet who prepared the world for Christ, yet never served with him. None of these people saw the fulfillment of all God had spoken over their lives. They only embraced them from afar. Hebrews 11:13 like that that passage is so powerful because I think sometimes we look at these spiritual giants that I just listed all these people are people that we look at almost like spiritual giants and we're like wow like the faith that they had the way that they walked but it's like even them they they had mistakes they had missteps or they just honestly weren't given the same exact promise the way that they thought that they would like I'm sure Mary was like okay he's going to sit on the throne of David like heck yeah let's do this and then she watches him, her son die on a cross. Like, could you imagine the frustration with God that he had spoken before, the pain, the heartache, almost like the betrayal that you would feel with God when he said those words and your son just died on a cross and it was darkness for three days. The mental battle that would be to know what the truth was, I couldn't even imagine. So I love that verse that's like, Let us throw off every weight that entangles us and run the race with endurance because we also have such a great cloud of witnesses that that have like run this race before us. And so I think we look to these people and we can say that we can win this battle every single day. I can have joy if I'm not a mom and I'm trying to conceive because I can win the battle in my heart and my mind because the Holy Spirit is with me. Jesus is all that I need, and I can take my thoughts captive, making them obedient to the truth that no good thing does he withhold from me. No good thing. And I think that was why I kind of came to a place of 
even if heart position, and I've shared this kind of phrase before, but even if God doesn't answer my prayers, even if he is still good, that heart position of living a life and surrender in that capacity, it came as a result of me learning kind of what these people have experienced that we see there in Hebrews is that sometimes the answer is not given to us on this side of heaven. Sometimes the healing physically. I can't decide what God's goodness and fairness and love is based off of how he chooses to answer my prayers because that was not what he said in scripture was the litmus or the foundation for what his goodness is. He never said that. He never said, based off of how I answer your prayers, that is my goodness to you. No, he said, my goodness to you is that my one and only son was sent down from heaven to put on flesh, to live a perfect life, to experience the human nature in its entirety, to be fully human and fully God, came down, live a perfect life, to then be crucified, experience death, to take on your shame, to take on your sin. Three days later, rise from the grave to conquer death once and for all. That, that is my love. That is my goodness. That is my fairness. That's my mercy and my grace. So when we demand more of God, who are we being? We're being Eve back in the Garden of Eden saying, you're withholding from me. You're not enough. And therefore, I'm going to make my own choices, my own decisions. I'm going to disobey you. I'm going to take things into my own hands and there's going to be consequences that are detrimental and devastating. Do we want that life? Do we want to follow that example? Do we want to be at the mercy of the lives of the enemy and be held captive by that pain and that suffering? Or do we want freedom that's already been promised to us no matter what we walk through? Because even though God uses these people as an example, and he commended these, you know, saints that have gone before us, their lives were often hard and lonely. We can look back and see how powerfully God used each of them, how God was with them, how they fulfilled the purpose that God called to them. We know that their suffering was not wasted and God never left them. Even when life didn't turn out as they had planned. And we know you know, according to 1 Peter 5, 4, we know that they received an unfading crown of glory and that they were rejoicing because their suffering was not even worth comparing to the weight of the glory they now enjoy. Romans 8, 18, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. But their example is so powerful for us as we are trying to overcome and find a place to live in the waiting where where God has us and what he's given us is good. To truly believe that at a soul level and not just a fake level. And how we do that is taking our thoughts captive. Reminding ourselves of these truths. Reminding ourselves of who God is and what he did say. And when we do that, we can live in freedom from these lies that God is withholding something from you. Because I tell you what, 
He's not withholding one thing from you, one good thing. He's given you everything good in his son, Jesus Christ. Nothing compares to his glory or knowing him. So as much as we desire having a baby, as much as we desire becoming a mom, that doesn't compare to knowing him. And if you're putting your weight and the glory of like the reward of becoming a mom and, and experiencing that as heavier than knowing Christ and beholding your Savior, that's where you start because that's the root of the problem. I hope that this episode was encouraging to you and helped just bring that like soul balm to you to be able to just encourage you and equip you to keep fighting this battle, to keep running this race with endurance. If it did encourage you, I would absolutely love for you to screenshot this and post up in your stories, tag us at the Waiting Well Podcast or at Courtney Dunker. I would love to hear how God is moving in your life. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength, or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community, and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me, and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.